Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Baby, why don't you just meet me in the middle? In the middle. You know that song by like Zed or whatever uh, her name is? I don't know. It's like three people. I can't remember all three of them. The ones that came up with the song. Anyways, that song won a fucking Grammy and it's well deserved. You know, what's up, Jeans? Welcome to the Friday show. I feel a little bad about myself this week. I'm sorry I didn't have a, a fucking guest on Wednesday. <clears throat> but now we've moved, we've moved on. Wednesday's over. This is the Friday pod. Typically all the shit that I think of, like the ideas and possibly funny things, at least interesting news about like heart health. <laughs> I usually do those on Fridays. But all the, all the ideas that I accumulated, I use on Wednesday because I'm down in Miami. I don't have access to podcasts here like I do in New York. Unless I do the Zoom, it's difficult to set it up, whatever. So just fucking bear with me. So what I thought I would do on this Friday, and feel free, you know, if you if you want, if you're expecting the traditional Danny thing of the Wednesday interviews and the Friday, you know, reflective thoughts on the week, then just skip to next week or maybe listen to an old week or something. I'm sorry, okay? But I think it, this could be decent because what I was doing today, this evening, was thinking about like just, you know, moving to New York and like trying to do stand up. And I mean, I know that there's a million podcasts with a million comedians and plenty of people talk about the creative process, but I do think it's interesting to think about like old joke ideas that you have and then how you made those funny or not. And then reflecting on that today and just kind of the overall creative process. And I mean, you don't even have to be a comedian to think about this, right? Like if you look at your diary or journal uh, over the course of your life and it's fun to do that. Amy Poehler in her book talks about time traveling, uh, mental time travel to think about different points in your life, whether it was your childhood, high school, college, getting married, getting divorced, all those things. You can kind of like walk down the street, uh, you know, in the early evening, maybe don't put headphones in, think about where you are today in life, where you've been in the past, where you'd like to be. It's fun to take those moments to think, you know, and, and the prospect which I've talked about in this pod before to think about what do I want my life to be like in the future instead of ruminating on minor problems. Why not prospect about what could be, you know what I'm saying? It's fucking dope. So, uh, these are some joke ideas that I have. Oh, well, this is not all these are joke ideas. Sometimes I just like write down a thought, you know, this is one of the first ones I thought I would talk about. It just says life is bleak. You have to have fun. Fair point, Danny from 2011. Fair point. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that life is bleak overall. I think there's a lot of beautiful things in it, but obviously there's a lot of terrible things too. I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, when when was this? On Sunday. <clears throat> she had driven down from uh, Delray Beach to Miami and on the way had experienced this, the, the near aftermath, the immediate aftermath of a car accident uh, and saw like a body on the road and the police were covering it up with a blanket. And, you know, it's like, you know, not something you want to see, obviously. And obviously it was a, a tragedy. But then it's also a beautiful day in Miami that day, that Sunday. It was the wind. It was a little windy, a lot of birds out. You know, people are on the beach. They're having a nice time. It's a Sunday afternoon. People are in a good mood. And it's like all of the things happen in life all of the time. Like it's all simultaneously occurring. Um, George Clooney, one time, I, I think he went to Darfur. I could be wrong in the location, but it was it was a 
place that didn't have a lot of security and I think he was going over there to help to try to negotiate um, some sort of peace settlement or at least try to get involved. I think he was just trying to get more publicity to uh, be focused on this area. Maybe it was like South Sudan or something. But he mentioned that, you know, the one thing you don't want is, uh, you know, you're driving down this quiet road in the forest and all of a sudden uh, there's two guys with AK-47s and they've chopped down trees and cover that block the roadway and now they're approaching your car. It's like, uh, it doesn't matter if you're George Clooney or the Pope or a fucking president. It doesn't matter. Like those guys have guns and you are probably unarmed, you know? So like those situations are occurring all the time, all around the world. Also, you know, the Lakers are playing. So <laughs> it's like all of the things happen all of the time. Um, one of my favorite quotes is from Zorba, the Greek. He said, I am the whole catastrophe. And, uh, you know, I think that sentiment can also be applied to what the world is. The world is the whole catastrophe. It's good, bad, beautiful, tragic. It's all the things. I'm not, I, don't, I know that people know this, okay? I'm not saying that this is some fucking profound. It's just fun to think. For me, it's not fun. But it's, it's useful to think about life from a broad perspective, you know? Because I think if you take that 30,000 foot lens to not only your life, but the human condition, it can help you make better decisions in your day-to-day. Um, okay. None of these have been joke ideas so far, but that's just fine. H- how about this for a joke idea? I forgot about this, and I kind of want to bring it back. Uh, what's the story with do? Is that nature's pre-com? Now, when you tune, <laughs> when you tune into the Danny Palmer show, I hope you're expecting this level of just scintillating intellectually rigorous comedy such as comparing do to nature's pre-com that's the kind of comic i am even if comedy was restored i don't think people want to hear that <laughs> yeah they do it's fun fuck you why do i always say fuck you just chill Danny. just chill uh i think my act has uh at many comics i'll try to make this not like a self-absorbed discussion i try to keep it broad i think many comics act um Obviously, they evolve over time. And at the outset, there can be a tendency to um, mimic your heroes, so to speak. Like if you were a big fan of uh, Brian Regan or Amy Schumer, when you set out, your style might closely mirror them as it would in other artistic endeavors. But over time, you develop your own voice, right? Um, and uh, But it's still fun to think about the fledgling sprouts of developing your own voice, whether it's in stand-up or another artistic endeavor, or even just how your life develops. Because there's there's there, there's germane like you know bits of fruit that are developing, even if they're green. That still core component of who you are as a person is evident. Like even when you're young, you know, like even they say that uh, babies have personalities. Like if you're a parent and you have three kids i'm sure that you could get a fairly decent handle on their personalities probably before they were two or three years old and then even the kids weren't even like trying to to exhibit any personality but there were probably some really great things that you noticed about each child before they even knew that they were exhibiting those things and i think the same thing can be applied in the stand-up world you know you might not have the greatest act one to three years out but you might have some decent ideas you know it never never hurts to go back and look at your old ideas and Maybe think about what you could revive or, or reinvigorate or or use the lens that you've developed since then t- to um, apply to those ideas now and do them better. Um, but one of my first jokes that I had 
that I would always open with is I would say, they say you should dress for the job you want and not the job you have. Well, in that case, I'm going to start wearing pajamas to work because I don't want to do shit. And when I would say, I don't want to do shit, I would just like take my right hand in a like chopping motion. And I mean, hey, it's not the world's greatest joke. You know, again, it's not, uh, it's not a rocket science type of joke, but it's fun. It maybe showed a bit of potential. You never know. By the way, I'm still down in uh, South Beach in Miami. And one thing I've learned... I stayed in Mid Beach for a couple weeks. Now I'm in South Beach. One thing I've learned about South Beach: people in South Beach love to rev their engines. I don't why, why the revving of the engines. I don't. I mean, I guess I'm not into muscle cars, but I just the constant revving. Do we need the constant revving, guys? Just just go to a shop. If your car needs a tune-up or you want to demonstrate its power, just go to an open track somewhere. I mean, you're not going to get going that fast on fucking A1A. For the love of God. I guess that makes me sound like a fucking non-cool dude. But whatever, dude. Whatever, dude. This is a note that I wrote down that... No idea why I wrote it down and didn't recall this. Did you know that in 1978, the Apollo 18 burst into flames? Did not know that. I don't know if people died or what. Okay, I'm not going to research that any farther. This is an idea... Excuse me. This is an idea that I had um, that I think is kind of interesting. It's not funny, but... or maybe it could be, but I, I don't think it's there yet. But it's just an interesting idea to me that, you know, you could be the greatest, like, socialite in the world. You could be a gregarious storyteller, the life of the party. When you walk in the room, it lights up. Everybody loves to see you. And then, but still, even if you are that level of great or cool or fun or social or beloved, if you die, People around the world are still going to meet up with their friends and have a great time, even though you're not there. It's just like, fuck, do people not need me to have a great time? What if I bring a great time? What if you bring a great time? But then we disappear. People are still having a great time, even without you. Like if you ever go to like an old cemetery, like in Atlanta, when I lived there, we would go to Oakland Cemetery, I believe it's called. It's almost right downtown. And you just look at these tombstones of people in their 1800s yeah conan o'brien said this sooner or later all of our graves go untended wow and i'm trying to run through some joke ideas but uh also the bleakness of life right behind a lot of those joke ideas and hey isn't that the whole thing with the the tragic comedy the the two masks that represent drama and comedy one with the smiling face one with the frown they're they're inextricably inextricably intertwined those are two words that have a lot of nouns, I mean nouns, a lot of consonants and vowels right after each other, inextricably intertwined. <laughs> wow. If you're still listening at this point, a thank you so much. I'm going to write you like a personalized fucking thank you note. This always reminds me of Bill Burr doing his podcast in the hotel room, just like laying on his back. And he's like, I'm just sitting here eating carrots by myself in a hotel room. If you're still listening, what are you doing? Find something else to do. <laughs> Okay, Danny, what else can you talk about here, pal? Um, Cut and... Oh, yeah, this is another thing. I I can never make this idea funny, but I just don't get people that... Or the the whole idea of like, oh, I travel internationally. I know you can't, you know, during this COVID situation, but previously... Here's an example of of what I'm trying to explain. I went on a date with this girl in Atlanta, and she goes, so where have you uh, traveled to? And I was like, I've been to Costa Rica 
And uh, that's about it. So take care. And then she was like, oh, you haven't been to Europe? And I was like, no, I, I haven't been to Europe. You know, like, I don't know. I graduated with a lot of student loan debt and I moved to Atlanta and I got a job like, you know, didn't pay like the world's biggest salary straight out of college. And, uh, you know, my parents aren't sending me checks every month. I'm not independently wealthy. I don't have time to gallivant across the fucking globe. And I know there's a counter argument to that of, well, if you set aside your money and you really made it a priority. But anyways, this girl just like got in my head about like, oh, but like, what are you waiting for? You know, like just like looking down on me because I hadn't traveled enough. And it's like when people say things like that or like have that kind of idea in their head, I'm like, oh, you know what? Just just because you travel internationally, it doesn't mean that you're this fucking like open vista uh, horizon expander, like world traveler, sophisticated uh, jet setter. You know, like it just means you have enough money to buy a ticket to sit in a fucking tube in the sky for eight to 20 hours and then that tube lands and then you use your money to go to a fucking hotel and you shower up and you walk around and you look at a map like it doesn't mean you're a fucking like god's gift to humanity because you have enough money to fly to fucking paris and i've been to paris now because that girl pissed me off <laughs> and i fucking made it my life's work after she said that apparently she got in my head and then i did go i went to london paris brussels amsterdam it was amazing. I'm cool because I sat in a tube. Fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's no need to have the fucking arrogance about it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm fucking saying. Um, life is bleak. You have to have fun. You said that, Danny. Uh, uh, one time, I had this joke. Uh, this guy wouldn't give a shit if I told if I told this story. So I used to do uh, late night at comic strip. When I moved to New York, I tried to. I took this like year-long comedy program at the American Comedy Institute, and then I started doing open mics at New York Comedy Club um, before the current owner owners, Emilio and Scott, took over. Al Martin used to own the club, and Jeff Lawrence ran some open mics and uh, independently produced shows there and gave me a lot of good opportunities for stage time. But the first uh, comedy club that I got passed at, quote-unquote, and if you don't... The term passed, if you're not in the comedy world, it means that the club booker has passed you to perform on shows like house shows so you know some comedy clubs will let independent producers run shows but then if you wanted to be on the real house show you got to get the booker to pass you so comic strip live on the upper east side on what is it 81st and 2nd avenue they had this program where on tuesday nights They'd have like judges sit in the back. It was this guy, JR. Uh, Vic Henley was a judge when I uh, auditioned. Rest in peace. Fun, hilarious guy. And I think, ah, oh, fuck, I can't remember. Harold Ramey. I can't remember the name of the third guy. God damn it. He's really funny. Anyways, um, I passed my audition. And then I got the opportunity to do late night at Comic Strip, which is cool because, you know, Chris Rock and Eddie Murphy, Jerry Seinfeld uh, spent a lot of their early days at the Comic Strip. So, you know, I was obviously this fucking newbie. But I did late night. So basically, Sunday, Monday at the time, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays, if you were passed for late night, you could show up at like 9.30 or 10, put your name on a list. And then after the regular show was over and people started trickling out, you can do five minutes each and you just kind of hand the microphone to each other. And uh, it can be real bleak and with no audience. And sometimes the audience will leave <laughs> in the middle of the late night and then the show just has to end. But other nights... 
the crowd will stick around and it can be great. So, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot, just like comedy, just like life. Um, but I would, I had this joke about Charlie Sheen when he got in trouble for causing, what was it like $8,000 worth of damage uh, at the Plaza Hotel in New York, which is a really nice hotel. I'm like, when I heard that, I was like, I mean, that's not even, I, I'm not really impressed with that. I mean, the Plaza Hotel is a really nice place. Uh, $8,000 worth of damage there. That's probably like an end table and a lamp. You want to impress me, do $8,000 worth of damage in a Motel 6. So that was my one of my early jokes that would work pretty consistently. And uh, yeah, it's not a bad joke. Anyways, so Colin Jost, the uh, current co-host of Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live, the SNL people would often come to Comic Strip and do and perform. So he was there a fair amount for maybe a year or so when I was around there. So he uh, approached me after my set and said, hey, I like that joke. That was good. And he's like, he gave me some ideas about how to extend it. Um, he's like, you could say, like, what else would the manager do um, to, to equivalent to, you know, to get up to $8,000? Like, you'd have to like, or sorry, well, what else would Charlie Sheen have to do to cause that much damage in a Motel 6? He'd probably have to like break into the safe in the manager's office and take all that money too. Like, just gave me some other ideas to take that, you know that joke in a different direction or a broader to expand the joke, I should say. And you know, Colin Joseph's fucking married to Scarlett Johansson. So he doesn't, he's under no obligation to help out some fucking late night piker like myself. And he did. And I, I really appreciate that. So there you go. That's a fun comedy story. Is that something? Is that something? I think I was going to wrap this bad boy up at 20 minutes. I was just kind of curious of like, so I want to interview my friend Garrick, that was like a 33-minute pod. I'm like, is that going to get higher numbers because it's shorter? But I really don't think that the there's a, an equivalency or correlation, a firm correlation between the length of a podcast episode and the amount of listens that it gets. It just, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird, podcasting is a weird world. Like some days my pod will have like very few downloads and also other days it'll also have like a, more than it usually does. I'm not going to get into the numbers, okay? It's just, it's a little bit, it's a little sensitive, but I think it's it's growing. I think it's going to be fine. <laughs> just relax Danny you're doing fine I also think in looking through old notes of mine you know and I think this can be broadly applied because it's more about like personal growth and development than just one person talking on this fucking podcast like who cares Danny but like I like broadly speaking you know I looked at some of my old uh, like ideas I used to send these like top 10 lists to my friends which is obviously a knockoff of david letterman but i i wanted to do comedy but i didn't know that i wanted to do comedy i didn't know how to like do it so i just subjected my friends to a bunch of like trying too hard top 10 lists or fake newspaper articles and i mean i guess some of it was kind of funny but like it, a lot some of it was also like mean you know i was like danny what are you doing dude like uh and hopefully i'm not saying i'm perfect <laughs> i definitely like sharp biting uh, you know, humor, but hopefully over time I've kind of gotten away from just things that are just directly not nice and not funny, you know, like that's not funny. It's not funny to be mean. You can be mean in a funny way, but being mean in and of itself, not funny. Um, anyways, I was, I was reading this article, uh, about this guy who had his son in kindergarten and it's all virtual learning now because of COVID and he was talking about the things that he's learned during kindergarten classes that he's like been supervising with his son and I, on, you know, using his iPad on the couch next to him. And, you know, it's interesting because, uh, I mean, do you know, like the things that you learn in kindergarten? Like, do you know, do you know all of them? Do you know what a fucking rhombus is? 
I didn't. I mean, I kind of remembered. It's like a crooked square. I mean, a crooked crooked rectangle. It's like a leaning tower of Pisa rectangle. Do you know what a vertice is? Vertices, they're corners. Okay, I didn't really know that. I mean, it just kind of sucks that you like go through all these years of learning, and then even if you have like a PhD, I bet you could take the average PhD, sit them down in a room, and ask them all of the th- questions that their child needs to know or learns in kindergarten over the course of that year. I bet even the world's most brilliant, I bet even Stephen Hawking wouldn't get a hundred percent of them. Right. Would he? He'd probably get them all right. Well, he's dead. So he can't get them all right. What do you think about that? How, how's that for a bleak note to end on? Uh, thank you for listening to my podcast. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a good creative endeavor and it's also a challenge for me to create content twice a week. So hopefully, uh, I, I didn't have an ending to that sentence of hopefully, but thank you for listening to the, uh, the Danny Palmer show. I'll be back in New York on like fucking Saturday. We'll get some more guests and enjoy your fucking weekend, dude. It's 2021. Things are going to get better. I swear to fucking Jen. Thank you for Danny Palmer. I see, uh, at this point, I'm going to set the microphone down and just rub slowly against the couch. And you may be able to pick up uh slightly imperceptible audio of that. Slightly imperceptible audio. Danny, these these words aren't making sense, pal. It's 12.07 a.m. Got to sleep. Thanks for listening, Jans.